Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, wherever you're watching this. This is your host, Angelo Meliandes, a.k.a. Mike Honcho. This is the Two Beans in a Pod podcast. Now, although I'm missing one bean, and I don't mean that in the racial way, or the insensitive type of way, I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Um, this is solo for this episode. Um, now, let's get right into it. Culture and identity in the Chicano community in a whole. Now, I'll start off by stating my own personal uh, experience. Now, growing up in Arizona, but being born in California, um, and having a strong sense of pride for my culture, because that's what my father instilled in me, um, has been, you know, rough, but for the past, I want to say, four to five years, I've uh, doubted my culture and doubted my people, and not doubted them for their ability to work, because we all know that this country was founded and built on the backs of immigrants. But, besides the point, when I say that I had an identity crisis, I had an identity crisis. And there have been, you know, several instances where I've been walking down the street and, you know, I see some beautiful, nice white couple, and, you know, be standing in line, bored, and it's my nature to speak and speak to people. That's what uh, my father instilled in me, those speaking skills, you know, not being afraid of people. And I'll be standing there, and I'll look at them, they'll look at me, and instead of approaching me in English, they deem it appropriate to approach me with, hola amigo, their high school Anglo-Spanish. Now, I'm a jokester, so I like to mess around. <laughs> I'll hit him with the, hola, como estas? De donde eres? Oh, no te habla, no habla español? Okay, well, está bien. Pues, pasa buen, pasa buen día. And they're so shocked when I order in English. <laughs> Perfect. English, how I'm speaking to you now, that their jaws drop, and they look at me and say, hey, 
You know English. Well, part of my language, but no shit. Now, being a sixth generation Mexican American, I've ran into that many times. Even though I am sixth generation. And by all my friends, I get, you know, made fun of for being sixth generation. And they're first and second. And I understand. I, I respect them for that. For the sacrifices and the the changes that their parents decided to make to give them a better life. I respect that 100%. And I, I don't knock their parents' sacrifices or their parents' um yeah well their sacrifices their 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 challenges that they went through to get to this great country but we've all gone through challenges and those challenges have you know they've made us who we are i don't think it's necessary for the people who have gone through it for their children to make fun or poke at the fact that there are some of us whose parents, parents, parents had to go through that. And we didn't. For example, I'm in the military. okay, And going through my boot camp, you know, no problems. I was able to connect. Going through my training school is where I had a really hard time. Now, I got there, and everything was a-okay. It's good to go. And then my dorm mate, my dorm mates, guys who lived next door to me, decided to come over one day. Well, they came over, we started talking, finding out where each other was from, found out that one of them was from from California, I asked where, because originally being from California, you know, that's how you connect with people. He said, East Los Angeles. I said, oh, I'm from Oxnard. And this whole time, me and this guy are discussing this in Spanish, perfect Spanish. No breaks, no... Uh, 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 nothing. No pauses, nothing. Straight through Spanish. And then he finds out my background. And even though I was speaking to him in a language that made him and I comfortable, because not everybody could understand it, not everybody around us could understand it, let alone decipher what we were saying because we were going so fast but this guy had the audacity to sit there after i told him where i was from what i was doing why i joined the military and why i went only as a reservist and why i you know want to go to college and why i'm going to college and what i'm going to college for and what my parents went to college for and what they did. He had the audacity to sit there, look me dead in the eye, and call me a fake Mexican. He said, I'm a pocho. 
I'm a fake Mexican because my parents went to college and his didn't. They had to go and work. I'm going to college and he and my parents are helping me through. Even though majority of it is on me and I go through FAFSA and out of my pocket majority of the time they just help me here and there with like books or something like that he had to pay his whole way through and this whole time I'm sitting there I'm like all right you know I understand you know he's you know he's angry or he's jealous at the fact that I am getting my parents assistance but when he, he took it one step further and he called my parents fake Mexicans. And that's where I got uh, really just angry. And, you know, I, I had to explain to him that my grandparents on my dad's side worked like animals their whole life my grandma god bless her worked in the fields here in arizona she's originally from arizona she worked in the fields in arizona rain sun or shine or i'm sorry rain sun or snow she worked and worked hard my grandfather it was a different time back then, so take this with a grain of salt. Was kicked out of his house at the age of 15. Lived in a junkyard. Worked in that junkyard. And worked hard. He worked so hard that the old man who owned the junkyard gave him a POS car and said, fix it. You need to get around. Did he go to school? Nope. Did my grandmother go to school? Nope. I think combined, when they met each other, they had a high school, a freshman in high school, like grade level. They had a grade 9 reading level, grade 9 writing level, grade 9 arithmetic level. Everything was combined, though. That's how different it was and that's who my grandparents were they were hard workers they worked hard they worked so hard my grandfather worked so hard for general motors as a line assembly man that he broke his back literally broke his back working for that company my grandmother worked so hard that she lost the tip of her finger and still kept working. It got electrocuted off and she still kept working. She didn't think anything of it. Went back to work the next day. My grandfather probably went back to work the next day. I don't know. My dad didn't get too far into that story. But my thing is, this guy, without using any profanities, this guy had the audacity to tell me that my parents 
didn't have a fucking work ethic. And I'm sorry for my language, but that's the God honest truth. And when he told me that, oh, I turned so red. I wanted to just knock his head off. Did I? Nah. We wrestled a little bit and I got him in, you know, a guillotine chokehold, which is pretty, pretty tough. You just crank down on the neck and it like chokes him out. But after he said that, I pushed off of him and I said, you have no idea who I am or who my parents are or who my grandparents are. You have no idea what my family has done done in this country you're right i may not be a real mexican but you know what there's one thing that my father told me and it sticks with me every single day we didn't cross the border the border crossed us because you know what i have uncles Great, 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 great grandparents who were born in the territory of Arizona, territory of California. I have uncles and grandparents and aunts and extended family who are Californios, who are Arizonans. This is not their country. This is the country we built and we were here first and when i say we i mean the mexicans and i mean the natives because you know what i'm both and i wear that patch with pride but when he said that that diminished every little thing that i was told because i've been told that since i was young and now being a man and being able to take the classes that I want to take and being in the Chicano classes that I've taken, Chicano history, Chicano art, Chicano literature, I've read, I've studied our art, I've studied our history, and I know exactly who I am. Because of these classes, I am a strong Chicano male. And I wear that with pride. I wear that band, that bandera, that flag, that patch, whatever you want to call it. I wear it on my sleeve every day. And I wear it with pride. Because that's who I am. That's who my family is. That's what we are. We are this country. And that is my identity. I am this country. And when I say that, I mean that I have built this country. The backs of my people have carried this country to greatness. No matter what it is, it can be from the food service industry all the way up to the highest, most tallest brick laid in. In the country. I can go. And look all over this country. And see my people. And every inch of it. 
I see my people all the way from the California coast to the Midwest, in the heart of Illinois and Indiana, all the way down to Florida, up to New York, back to Oregon, and Washington State. We are everywhere. So when I look at this project and I think of culture and identity, I think of my people, and I think of the back-breaking labor that they have done. That is my identity. I am this country. Now please hold for a quick commercial break. Hey, how's it going? This is a commercial break still. Um, this is going to uh, our sponsor. I'd like to thank my rental superstore um, for all your property management needs. You want to rent a house. You want to buy a house. You want to sell a house. You want to be an owner. You want to be a renter. You want to be a seller. Go to My Rental Superstore. They are the best in the business, in my opinion. They've done everything for me, and I'll do anything for them. Uh, they will be there at the drop of a hat, no matter the emergency, no matter how big, how small. They'll be there for you. Thank you from today's sponsor, My Rental Superstore. That is MyRentalSuperstore.com. All right. Now, back to your regular scheduled program. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're back here. This is Angelo Meliandez, a.k.a. Mike Concho. I'm missing my guy, Chad, Chadwick Brunswick. He, uh, he's, you know, asleep right now because it is currently 2.31 in the morning, and I am recording this because I love this class. And no matter what, I'll get anything done for it. So, back to the question of what is identity. To me, identity is who you are. Who you think you are. What you are on the inside. It doesn't matter what you do. What people see you as. What people think you are. As long as you know who you are, you have a strong sense of identity. And that's enough. Because everybody else, they can go screw off, quite frankly. Because, you know what? Be comfortable in your own skin. It took me three years to find out who I was. And when I say find out who I was, I didn't. I don't mean I went on an eat, pray, love journey. I mean to find out what my people are, who my people are. And yeah, my dad did a great job at explaining to me or telling me who my people are. Not explaining, telling. Because uh, if he explained it to me, you know, I wouldn't be in these classes. And not saying that he's a terrible father. He's a great father. He's one of the best guys I know I consider him my best friend 
because I can go to him with anything. Really, I could tell him any of my problems. But when it comes to teaching, he, you know, has his way and we're kind of similar, so we butt heads a lot. And, you know, I mean, shoot, we were all young, or we're all young, really. We we don't want to listen to what our parents say until, you know, it means something, and then then we want to listen. So I was like that. I, I really didn't want to listen, so I tuned out, and, you know, because he would be, you know, not explaining the words to me, but telling the words to me, and I just didn't want to listen. So I had to learn the hard way and go on myself, take these classes, pay money for these classes, which I absolutely love. I don't regret at all. And find out who I was. And that first class, that Chicano history class, that Mexican-American history class, you know, it really got to me. It, it hit me. It gave me a bug, an itch to continue on with these classes. And... I, you know, got this itch, got that, got that bug to learn more about my people. But the more I learned, the more it made me angry, the more it made me think, why did my people go through this? Why didn't they just revolt? Why did they, why did this history have to be so brash, so brutal, so animalistic? That we couldn't educate ourselves, educate each other, learn from each other's mistakes. No. Back in Mesoamerica, we had tribes conquering other tribes. We had the Aztecs as the most dangerous tribe out there. Conquering other little tribes. Instead of coming together peacefully and, you know, teaching each other how to be brutal. But no, when the Spaniards came, they conquered us because we thought they were gods. We thought they were mystical beings wearing silver sheets of sky or whatever was said. But the more you go into our history... We've been getting fucked over since Mesoamerica. And that's... And kicking out Chicano history out of schools other than colleges where we go to learn about... Well, we go to learn about ourselves, pretty much. Where we go to flourish and expand our opinions and our minds. Other than this educate this type of education being provided, other than other than college being provided and not being provided in other schools, is ridiculous. Because people, kids, for example, kids like me, or I'm an adult now, but kids like me, when I was in those years. When my mind was just getting bombarded with Anglo history, Anglo problems, Anglo imagery, Anglo literature, 
Anglo art. I had to study a different people's culture. And I couldn't study my own. I couldn't. I couldn't go out and be like, hey, Mr. Who, Mr. Whoever, Mr. Mr. John Doe, Miss Jane, Mrs. Jane Doe. Can we study this? Can we look further into this? Oh, well, it's not in the curriculum. We have to follow the curriculum. Well, the curriculum's good for Billy Bob and Sally Joe. But it doesn't make sense to me because it's not me. That's what I think of when I think of identity. I think of what's right for me. Where do I feel like I fit in? And quite frankly, I never felt like I fit in anywhere. Because my tia, she told me, you can be friends with them. They'll accept you, but they'll never really accept you. And she was talking to me because I'm the only one in my family who had mainly Anglo or white friends. That's why she was talking to me. Because I was the only one that had that. Not because she was like, be careful, you'll go out and you got to be in before the sun goes down because this is a sundown town. And I was like, all right, dear, I got you. But even going and hanging out with my own people, the, the slight Mexican friends that I had, the slight Chicano friends that I had, never, or the slight Chicano people that were just around me, never really accepted me. Because I was either, I was, I was too weird, I was too white. I was whitewashed. I was a whitewashed Mexican to them. And then I'd go to my white friends. Oh, dude, you're too Mexican. You're you're super you're super Mexican, bro. I'd I'd wear I'd wear dicky pants. Just, you know, dicky dicky pants. I thought they were fashionable. I wouldn't wear them with Cortezes or Chucks or, you know, I'd wear them with, like, work boots. Because I thought that was cool. I'd wear them with, like, Vans. Or some, like, Nikes that weren't Cortezes. And I wouldn't wear them normal, you know, big, baggy. No, I'd wear them, you know, a little big, a little baggy. But I'd cuff them up so you could see my socks and my shoes. I wouldn't wear them like a cholo. I wouldn't crease them. I wouldn't do this. But I'd show up to school. My white friends. They would do the first thing that came to mind. They would imitate a cholo. What's up, Issy? What's up, fool? What you doing here on my block, Holmes? Acting stupid. Not knowing that that's just the way I liked to dress. Preppy, but, you know, cool. And not knowing what my culture was and where my people stood on those. I fought my dad tooth and nail to get those dickies, and I thought I was the shit. I was like, oh, I got these cool dickies. Everybody's going to think they're cool. I'm going to cuff them. I'm not going to wear them. Like, 
like how my dad says people in our hometown wear them. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to show them. Yeah, I came home, took them off immediately, and never wore them again. Because I never wanted or want to be perceived as that. I, I don't want to be perceived as an illiterate thug or cholo who doesn't know how to speak proper English because I know how to enunciate and comprehend I call them big boy words but uh, that's besides the point my vocabulary is extensive and I give that props to my father and my mother who read me books since I was like freaking three months old and I give that props to them but that's why I didn't want to wear those types of clothes again and then what happens this year last year Dickies became cool they started selling them in Tilly's more often they started selling them in retail stores and if they didn't sell Dickies they sold imitations of them which are pretty much just chino pants, khaki pants. And I saw it more and more and more. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to break them out again. But this time, I didn't wear them like a troll. I wore them with, you know, some blazers, some Nike blazers, some Nike dunks. <laughs> I do wear them with Converse, but these Converse aren't your normal Chuck Taylor Converse. No, they have giant red soles, and my dad calls them el, uh, que te dije, que te dije. Oh, shoot. Oh, what's his name? Oh, fudge. I'm blanking right now. Let me see. See if I can find it. Um, bear with me, bear with me. El Chapulín Colorado. That's what he calls my Converse. He says they make me look like El Chapulín Colorado because they have giant red soles, they're high top Converse, and they have a heart on the side. They're like French designer Converse. That's that's what I wear. I don't wear it normal. But I wore them again. Same response. What's up, fool? I'm like, dude. I talk like I talk like a preppy white guy. I'm like, dude, what the heck? But that goes to my identity. It's part of my identity. Eh, whatever. What's up, fool? What you doing? You know? That's my that's that's that was my run in with my white side. But going back to my run in with my friends, you know, and what I wore, never fit in. They never really accepted me. They never respected me. And I see that a lot now and I, I give props to, you know, me, you know, hanging out with them. But every time when I talk to them they think of me as some illiterate cholo. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. I I'm a completely sound and literate person. 
And every time I call one friend, just one, he wants to talk to me like he knows my experience. Like he knows my identity. He wants to talk to me, say, oh yeah, fool, let's go get tacos, duh, 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 duh. Nah, dude, how about we go get some ramen or some pho? Or you know what? Let's go get a gyro, a Greek gyro. Don't get me wrong. I love the dude. Love him to death. He's one of my closest friends. Do I wish that he would, you know, shut up and just go with the flow more or just listen to me rather than knock me down or try and talk to me the way or talk to me in a way that he thinks I would like to be talked and be talked to. And, you know, I just chuckle don't let it get to me but deep down you know it does get to me and it 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 stings somebody that you know i give the respect to doesn't give that same respect back and doesn't hear himself because he thinks he's seen it and i don't knock his experience i don't knock what he's been through i get it he's lived in a rough rough parts of town and no, I, I've lived in this beautiful suburb for pretty much my whole life. Never really had to struggle for much. But do I wish that he would, you know, take a step back and realize, holy shit, I'm white. I sound like an asshole when I say those things. Yeah, of course I do. Will he? Don't know. We'll never know. Maybe. Simply, I hope so, for the fact that he's going to be defending people on trials and things like that. Love the guy to death, though. He's awesome. But then... You know, I do have that select few of friends that, and it's literally just one. (laughs) I have one friend out of the three friends that I have. I have one. No, I have, I have four friends. (laughs) I take that back. I have four friends. Five, if you count my dad. But I have four real friends. And one of them, two of them, take the culture into consideration and accept my identity and acknowledge that I'm more than just a taco, burrito, nacho, enchilada-eating Mexican. And I know I can go to those two with any problem and talk to them. One of them is Caucasian. The other one is Korean. But he's more like Italian than he is Korean because my buddy was, you know, he was adopted. He was, you know, young from Korea and uh, brought into a nice, beautiful Italian family in New York. So, you know, shout out to that guy. He knows who he is. He's freaking amazing. Um, but my Caucasian friend, 
he knows who he is too. Not only does he listen to our music, he eats our food, even the stuff that I don't eat, like like brain tacos. I mean, I've tried it. Will I eat it again? Probably, if I don't know what it is. But he, he like orders it because he likes it. He eats tripas. I eat tripas. Not a lot of people eat tripas. And if you don't know what tripas are, you're missing out, man. You need to go get you some tripa tacos, bro. Tripas is pretty much just cow intestines. But, like, because they have, like, five intestinal tracts. It's, like, the one that doesn't dissect the food. Yeah. Anyway, it's safe to eat. Tripas. 100% recommend. But he eats that. Like, he'll, he'll eat, like, anything. And not saying, you know, that that makes you, like, accept our culture, but he eats our food, he listens to our music, his father is fluent in our language, in Spanish, his father is fluent in Spanish, both proper and slang, which, you know, props, my friend is fluent in Spanish. And even though he adds his own little country twang to it, because, you know, he he is a rodeo cowboy. Shout out to him for introducing me to the rodeo, by the way. But he speaks our language with his very own twist. And he accepts our culture so much so that he called me and asked me, if it would be cultural appropriation for him to wear a charro suit while he fought bulls or rode bulls. I gave him the okay. I was like, dude, if you do that, respect forever. I, I'll do anything for those four people. My four friends. I'll do anything for them. At the drop of a hat. They need me. I'm there. But that guy. That rodeo cowboy. He understands the culture. He. I consider him. One of my closest friends. All of them. Are my closest friends. They're the guys. That, I, that are. They're, they're my ride or dies. Those are the guys. Oh, what's that one movie with uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, oh, the guy who plays Batman? Oh, not Christian Bale. Um, anyway, it's Jeremy Renner from the Avengers. He goes, I, I need your help. We're going to go. Gonna, a lot of people are going to get hurt. We're going to hurt a lot of people. Blah, 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 blah. Jeremy Renner responds, whose car are we taking? That's me with them. That's them with me. We ride or die for each other. But the two people, the Korean, my Korean Italian friend, and my Caucasian friend, who's a rodeo cowboy, they understand the culture the most. Now, my friend who's going to be defending people, and my friend who blessed me with my godson, they understand the culture, but they got some work. But they all respect my identity 
to a point where if I tell them, hey, stop, they'll stop. They'll question why, but they'll stop. Those are the people that respect me. And those are the people that I respect. But the other people that question my identity on both sides of the spectrum, either the Caucasian side or the Mexican side, they need to work on themselves. Because I honestly think that they don't respect themselves. They don't know their own identity. There's a reason why I took these classes. It was because I didn't know myself. And I found myself. I know who I am. I know what my identity is. I know what my people are. Who my people are. What they've done. What they go on to do. My culture is not just tacos and burritos. It's filled with strong men and women who have built this country. Who have not only built this country, but built the world. My culture is Azteca. It's Inca. It's Olmec. It's Mexican. It's Spaniard. It's Apache. I just found that out. I'm part of Apache, by the way. It's Apache. It's Azteca. It's the Aztlan. That's my culture. I um I am of Aztlan. That's who I am. Yeah. Do I heat up my tortillas in a microwave? Sometimes. Do I feel my ancestors frowning down on me like if I was in the Mulan movie? Yeah. Do I care? Not really. Do I always heat up my tortillas in a microwave? Nah. I use the coman. Barehanded. What? But you know what? That's besides the point. My culture is my culture for a reason. It's mine. My culture stems back 2,000 years. I can trace my family back to the Crusades. I am Spaniard. I am Aztec. I am Apache. I am me. That is who I am. I am my own biggest hero. I know who I am now more than ever. So when people question me about what my culture is, who my culture is, what I am, what I am not, what my identity is as a man, as a Chicano man in this country, when they question that, I look at them and laugh right in their face because I know who I am. I know what I am. I am Mexican American. I am this country. That is who I am. But did I feel that way always? No, I didn't feel that way always. I felt lost and 
you know, kind of broken up. But then I was like, you know what? Let me take these classes that I've been avoiding because my my dad actually told me to avoid them because he said he'll fall in love or I'll fall in love with them like he did. And he never wanted me to change my major to psychology like he did. He always wanted me to stay on the path that I was on. So I never took the classes. But then you know, I said, you know what? I'm 19 years old. I'm 20 years old. Nineteen or was I twenty? I was nineteen when I took my first Chicano history class. Yeah, I was like, I'm nineteen years old now. I've been an adult, a legal adult, for about a year now. I'm ready. Let me take this class. I won't fall in love with it. And look what happened. Two years later. Or no, not even two years. Yeah, no, two years. still taking the classes I fell in love with them because they helped me discover who I was and I love finding more I love finding out more about my people so when I took this Chicano literature class I went in you know thinking I knew everything because of those two little classes that I took I took Chicano art or Mexican American Mexican history art Historical, excuse me, historical art classes, um, Mexican-American history, just the history. And, you know, I took those classes thinking, I already know everything, blah, blah, blah. I went in, I didn't know jack shit. I'm kind of happy I didn't know anything because then I probably would have been bored. Then I came into this class thinking I knew everything because I had those two classes. I was like, oh, I know everything. Nope. Same thing. Came out knowing new stuff. Just like how there's freaking Chicano literature everywhere. Something stuck with me. I actually read my dad and my mom some of the poems. That I had to read. Brought them to tears. I read my grandma one poem. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Oh, brought her to tears. Brought me to tears. Just watching her being brought to tears. Gave me goosebumps every time I read it. <laughs> For the life of me. I cannot remember the name of the poem. the excerpt I showed my grandmother my mother my father my little sisters my little brother because I never want my little siblings to not know who they are I want to teach them I don't want to tell them so I showed them the first video from the beginning of this class or one of the first videos from the beginning of this class that was on El Teatro Campesino. And I showed them the, um, what was it, Sancho's, uh, the one where they were, like, trying to hire, uh, or the lady from Reagan's office is trying to uh, 
from President Reagan's office is trying to uh, buy a Mexican or buy a person of color who looks like uh, a Mexican pretty much because the, the, the strike was going on, the, the, the agriculture strike, you know, huelga was going on. So I showed that to my grandma. As she was watching it, she laughed, and then she cried. Because she had to grow up with that. That was, that was her. That's who she was. She had to do that stuff. She had to go through with that. She had to go through that. And especially her being a field worker. She had to go through that. It's crazy. My family's been here forever. And we're still here alive and kicking. And we'll still be here. Till the wheels fall off. That's my take on culture and identity. I am strong. I am smart. I am educated on my culture. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know who I stand for, what I stand for, and what I stand against. I am Chicano. This country was founded on the backs of my ancestors. So, that's me, Angelo. Giovanni Meliandos, a.k.a. Mike Honcho, signing off. It's been great. This has been the first episode of Two Beans in a Pod, although I'm missing one bean. All right. Thank you. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night.